This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 14th Sunday of the year, the 8th of July. If you are familiar with the West End of London, you will know what a busy thoroughfare Oxford Street is in the very centre of our metropolis. It's probably the busiest line of shops anywhere in the world, and it provides a window into our contemporary culture. The noise and bustle seem like a world away from the calm, the still small voice that our Christian culture wants to instill in us. But what a lot of people, I suspect even Catholics don't know, is that at either end of Oxford Street there are two oases of peace and tranquility where God is encountered and adored in the Blessed Sacrament continuously. They are the convent of the Benedictine nuns at Marble Arch and the Church of St Patrick in Soho Square. It's as though this busiest of streets is literally embraced by the Eucharistic arms of Christ at either end. And this is a powerful witness and profession of Catholic faith, just as in former times it witnessed to the faith when in the, in the 15th and 16th centuries our martyrs were dragged along that same path to their execution at the Tyburn scaffold. One of the most difficult things to do is to witness and preach the faith in our own environment. The prophet Ezekiel experienced this even hundreds of years before Christ himself had the same problem in his hometown of Nazareth. Because a prophet is never accepted in his own home. But this is precisely what we are all asked to be. Prophets, people who show others God. It's not just the professionals in the church, but every single one of us who is baptised, because we're baptised to be priest, king and prophet. Now, as Jesus was given a hard time in his own town and among his own kind, then we're going to have exactly the same kind of reception. This is because when we offer the truth to people, we're not sharing what we've decided or what I've agreed upon, but the message, the content, is what God has told us. So it's not like when Plato or Aristotle shared with us their musings about life and existence, or when Einstein and Newton shared with us the fruits of their scientific experimentations. But prophets do something else. Prophets are seized by the power beyond themselves, seized by the power of God. We might say they're gripped by a power outside of themselves, which they don't control. Ezekiel and Jesus are sent. Son of man, I'm sending you as Ezekiel himself hears. And he, like the other prophets, are sent to the people, their own, the people of Israel, who had gone into rebellion against God. This kind of prophetic ministry is the hardest kind, preaching to your own people, to those who know you and know your weaknesses. Indeed, preaching to outsiders and strangers is often much easier, especially if you have to tell people that they've gone off course, that they've gone off the rails. Perhaps we know in some way that we have lost our way. If someone comes and names that sin, they name our pain or our failing, and we don't like it. This is what the prophets are asked to say, to prophesy to the rebellious people. The Church of Jesus Christ is the new Israel, and in many ways this new Israel of the Church has gone into rebellion. Possibly we don't want to hear it, but the Church says that the Mass is the source and summit of the Christian life. How many Catholics believe that and go to Mass? In our part of the world, and we're pretty good here, 
Less than 20% of Catholics go to Mass on Sunday. How many Catholics have drifted to other forms of religion and none? How many Catholics have lost their faith altogether? Moreover, how many Catholics are indifferent to the central moral teachings of the Church? Most polls indicate that many Catholics, more or less, align themselves in this country with the national consensus on things like abortion, assisted dying, birth control, preemptive war, and so on. But insofar as we have allowed ourselves to blend into the general landscape, to that degree, we've lost our edge. We lose our distinctiveness, and to put it bluntly, we've gone into rebellion, like the ancient house of Israel to which Ezekiel was sent. What does a faithful prophesying to the rebellious look like? Perhaps it's calling someone that you know back to Mass. We all know somebody who's not going to Mass and should be. Have you called them back? Have you challenged them? Maybe challenging a member of the church who has wandered intellectually or morally onto a bad path. Many people wander morally, but also people wander intellectually by entertaining ideas that shouldn't be entertained, by following gurus and teachers other than Christ. Have we challenged people like that if they're on that path? Renewal of faith and morals only comes through and in the person of Jesus. And that is why he is at the centre of life. And when he is at the centre of life, we are safe. The National Eucharistic Congress in Liverpool in September is a clarion call to put our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament right at the heart of our world and lives. The specific focus on adoration, implicit in the Congress title Adoremus, is important because it's necessary to rekindle the disposition of adoration during the Mass itself, to awaken in our parishes a love for the Eucharist and to make us ask again, do we prepare our hearts for Holy Mass? and try to receive Christ in Holy Communion with a profound spirit of adoration? Does the liturgy awaken in us a Eucharistic faith that makes us want to return to the Church for silent periods of adoration outside of the Mass? Is the tabernacle in our Church surrounded by the warmth of our love? How much time are we willing to give Jesus out of the 1,440 minutes in the day and the 168 hours in the week? The hope is that through the Congress at Aramis, we will be brought to a deeper appreciation of the infinite love of Jesus, who remains here night and day, awaiting, calling and welcoming all who come to visit him. If Mary is called Queen of Prophets, it's because she witnessed to Jesus her Lord continually. We will obtain, if we ask her, that same courage and fortitude needed for the task. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy, for on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.